Welcome to the second episode of So You Want to Start a Podcast mini-series. Nicole's story is absolutely one that you're going to be riveted by. It is a beautiful, heartbreaking, heart-wrenching story of how she's really finding her voice. And when you listen to this episode, you will realize how completely true and deep that is for her. I don't want to give too much away about her story, uh, but listen to it and see where you can find just your own sense of permission to find your own voice. Welcome to the Create Beautifully podcast, where the potential in me honors the potential in you. If you're wondering if you can really change and truly find and live your purpose, then I invite you to let me be your accountability partner and for you to be mine. And together, we can explore with curiosity and humor what it is to create beautifully in every area of our lives and to take action to make that happen. I also just have to do a quick note that we recorded on a software that I normally don't record on, and I was not super smart in that I did not tell it to use my microphone, so uh, I sound slightly far away, but do not let that distract from this incredible episode, for real. Don't let it bother you. Okay, enjoy. Okay, yay. Hi, Nicole. Hi, it's so nice to meet you in person, like actual talking, yeah. Right, I know. We're all in these groups, like just on Facebook, wondering what everyone's really like. Yeah, Yeah. so I had had Sonia last time, and so now you're on, I'd like to let people know. We met in Kathy Heller's uh, free podcast workshop challenge. Workshop yeah, <laughs> workshop boot. I don't remember if it was boot camp workshop. I don't. One of those. Yeah, oh, you're yeah. right. <laughs> boot camp. That's a good idea. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, and I realized after doing Stanya's that I was like, oh, there's a series of questions I should ask. So if they come up naturally in the course of the conversation, I'll ask them. But if they don't quite come up, I'll save like five minutes at the end, and we'll kind of rapid fire. Okay. We are talking about creating a podcast. I want to make sure. Yeah. We get- question of course of course yeah (laughs) okay so tell me first have have you started a podcast so no not technically I am working on creating the artwork I have the premise behind what I want to do I actually did um record a trailer but I've not put it out there yet okay so um and I just so I'm gonna I guess use like um, Spotify for podcasters I just got all signed on to that. Um, no, I'm just, it's all in my brain and some on paper, but, and I did buy a microphone. It looks just like yours, but pink. <gasps> I'm so excited. Like, oh, why, so is, why is the microphone so exciting? I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but so no, I have not started yet. I have not pulled the trigger. I have not actually, actually done one yet. Okay. So this is very exciting. So tell me. Tell me kind of like your story, like some about your life and kind of what's led you to want to do a podcast and what your podcast is about. So let's start yeah. with like leading into it. Okay. 
So I, gosh, I decided that I wanted to podcast after um, deciding that I wanted to be a life coach. So I'm kind of on this um, journey as well. I'm in the process of certification now, and that'll be finished up in December to become a life coach. And um, I kind of wanted a way um, for people to learn who I am, because I feel like a lot of times, well, for one, people don't, a lot of people don't understand what life coaching is. I mean, it's gotten so huge and so big, but there's still so many people who are like, I really don't quite understand what that even means. And so having a podcast, um, I've learned is like a great way to kind of um, help people trust you, like to kind of learn who you are and decide if they feel like they know you, if you would be a good fit for them um, beyond just the, the, the one-on-one call, like discovery call, like, let's see if we're a good fit. So they yeah. can kind of get to know you a little bit more um, intimately, um, almost very similar, like how we, I don't know how many of Kathy Heller's podcasts you've listened to, um, but you kind of get to know somebody, you kind of feel like you right. really, um, yeah, you, even though they have no idea who you are, because you're just like pressing play on their podcast, you really feel like you get to know them. So that's kind of what I wanted to I love that. I'm going to interject for like one second. I yeah. don't think I've ever, which is so stupid. I'm like, have I ever really thought about a podcast as like, here's how to get to know me for my business. I've, I've definitely heard of it as like, okay, it can like promote your business, but I, um, I do a lot of like personal branding with people also. So we talk a lot mm-hmm. about Instagram and we talk a lot right. about like, this is where you can you know, showcase who you are and people, you know, people get to, to know you and know if you like, you know, chess or if you have right. your reflection and, and then it's like, oh my gosh, duh, a podcast right. for my yeah. fear. Listen yeah. to me extensively. Yes. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> and I'll just interject. So I listened to your um, sparkle snack yesterday. So cute. <laughs> loved it. I absolutely loved it. So there, I felt like I knew a little bit more about you, like just Every time, like when you would say it and you would giggle, you're like, oh my gosh, this makes me giggle every time we say it. And like, I just feel like, oh, I'm getting to know her a little bit. Like, I just yeah. love that. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yay. I was so glad you listened to that. That was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay, cool. Okay. Okay. So keep going. Okay. So, um, yeah. So I decided, yes, to become a life coach. Um, and this came after um, a couple of years of a, a whole life transition for me. Um, so little backstory, not to give like my whole backstory because gosh, that would take forever. But so, um, I was like, motherhood has been like my, I feel like my lifelong journey. Like that has been a big part of who I've always identified with, no matter what season of life I was in, I always had the identity of being a mom to kind of fall back on. So, um, I grew up super conservative, religious and like there was only one way to do things and right off the bat I did things (laughs) not the way that everybody wanted me to and I um very naive like because I was in the world where I was very sheltered but very naive um I still became um pregnant at 18 became mom at 18 and um yeah so my whole world was kind of shook at that point so then you have 
all of the guilt and the shame and just like feeling like you're just kind of an outsider and an outcast. And um, being a young mom, I always knew, even when I was little, like that I wanted to be a mom. Like that's just what I wanted to do. And, but here I was in a situation that was not what I thought was the, the right situation to be a mom. And on top of being young, I, I looked extra young always. Like, so when I was like 18, like I might look like I'm like 13, 14. I just always just kind of looked on the younger side. Um, it's catching up with me now, but (laughs) back then, then I, I definitely um, struggled with that baby face, but, um, so I dove into every kind of parenting, um, book that I could, like, I, I wanted so hard to beat the the stereotypical teenage mom. So I dove in. So like 18, you were reading parenting books? Oh, yes. Yes. I was listening to tapes um, because back then it was cassette tapes (laughs) of people, Uh like other women who had spoken on like parenting. And so I, I quickly like developed this idea of how I would parent and got like the sleep book and like the the scheduling and, um, you know, how to incorporate the breastfeeding in with the the nap time and with the play time and all of the things and, um, and then how to, you know, work on having like, um, respectful children, like kids who would respect adults. Like these were things that were very like, um, important to me, I guess, because I was so shamed the way that I felt that I kind of wanted to put this. I just didn't want people to look at me and give them any other reason to be like, Oh, that's just a, just a teenage mom. Like Like, she doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I can really nail this mom thing, maybe they won't like. Yes. Yes. So exactly. I was trying to minimize the judgment that I felt. It's exactly a good way to put it. So I, anyways, by the time she was um, like two and a half, like her dad and I started talking again because it was a very, you know, touchy situation with the environment we were in Um, but then we ended up getting married when she was three and we had we quickly had babies number two three four and then when I was pregnant with fifth um with the fifth one things had they had been declining and I could see it but like didn't want to admit it again because again my background like if I got divorced oh my gosh that would just be another failure yes well like with so it was it was a lot with um I realize now that he had um, like undiagnosed mental issues. Mm-hmm. And um, again, from an era, a society at that time, a culture, community, whatever, that like didn't even acknowledge that that was actually something that you should pay attention to. Like you should just deal with it and get over it um, from his perspective. So he didn't. And he never dealt with it. He ended up leaving the state that we lived in when I was two months pregnant with our fifth baby and then never met her again. Like just, that was it. So, um, very quickly, I don't, I like, I, there was, um, an old friend of my, my brother's actually who had come into town and he had been divorced a couple years before. And so very quickly, here I am jumping into marriage number two, because one of the things my ex-husband had told me all the time, you're never going to find anybody to take care of you and five babies. And why I even thought that I needed somebody to take care of me. I don't know, but like, it was such a like, oh my gosh, maybe I won't like, I'm going to be stuck. What am I going to do? Like, because in my first marriage, I was just always at home. I was at home. I homeschooled. And so I didn't have any kind of, um, employment background even I had like no like employment history other than from like a couple of times in high school. So I was very like, how am I going to do this? Like, this is, yeah. So 
got married um, again and again. So the their real dad like never was in the picture. Um, and then in 2014, my second husband adopted all five of mine. And he oh had three God. from previous. So there we had like now eight. So how old are you at this point? So at this point, I, so in 2014, I was 34. Okay. Oh, we're the same age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Okay. So I didn't realize that. I didn't know how, I never can tell how old people are. It's so terrible. Anyways. So yes. So 2014, he adopts and almost a year later, exactly like within the same week, their biological dad ended up dying by suicide. And so it was kind of one of those, like, this is kind of shocking. Like, yeah, he hasn't been around for the last seven years, but I guess I never really, I guess I thought that at some point he would, he would come back around at some point. Even after the adoption, I figured like at some point the kids would want to meet him. They would want to find out a little bit about him because in all honesty, when, the, when we first got married, like he was all about family. Like I, to this day, do not think that he was a terrible human being. Like he needed help and never got it. Um, so, but it had gone to a point where there was, you know, there were substance abuse issues and there was other types of abuse. And so there were all of these factors that made it not a good place to stay in. But um, at any rate, so here we are. Um, yes. Kids have newly been adopted for a year, even though they've been calling him dad for several years at this point. But um and all of this trauma, like, it's a lot of like, it's a lot to deal with, um, but I didn't know how to deal with it. So my new husband and I were oil and water. We did not ever see things eye to eye on the, never on the same page. The only thing that we ever really had in common was that we both wanted a family. We both cared about our family, but the way to do that was always, we were black and white, night and day, oil and water. And and in his mind, because he kind of had the same type of mindset that my first husband did, that um, mental health is is like focus, like that's just something people make up. And so, in his mind too, the fact that my first husband had never come around, like why should you even care that he died? Like why would you even care? And like with the kids, like why why does that even matter? Like so you're just like suppressing and just push it. So now I'm like just yeah. pushing all of this down, just like, okay, cause we just have to just keep going. And so that's kind of what we like did. Layering on top of it, like layering. Yes. Shape, like layering and just getting like bigger and bigger. Like, oh, yes. This, this yes. So much, so yeah. much. And so we keep going, we keep going, just living life, just kind of day by day, just existing. And, um, yeah, so then um, fast forward a few years, we get COVID. Um, you know, everybody's locked in the house. Um, I did have to go out to work some at the at the time. I was not like a complete lockdown, but all the kids were on complete lockdown. My husband was on complete lockdown. And um, one of my daughters came home from college and she was at Tennessee Tech and she came home <clears throat> and um, unbeknownst to us at the time, she had COVID. But she had no oh. symptoms, so we didn't know. So then everybody in the house gets sick. 
and the kids all recover very quickly. Like they have a day or two of like extreme headaches and just not feeling well. And then they were better. Like it was very, it was very sudden and quick. And then they were gone and then they were done. I got sick and got really ill. Like I didn't expect to, I guess, but I did. I got super sick. Um, walking from one end of the table to the other felt like it took like five or 10 minutes. Like I couldn't catch my breath, um, ended up going to the hospital, got some steroids and some, um, like things just to kind of help with the breathing and got sent home. And my husband was super sick at home. And so we were kind of like staying in different rooms just because we were both so sick. Like if we could catch some sleep, we didn't want to mess up the other one's sleep. And I was like, you just need to go to the hospital, just get some, they'll, they'll give you the same thing they gave me. And, you know, sometimes we all just are a little bit stubborn and he was like, Oh no, not yet. Not yet. And then it got to the point where there was one morning he was so he was conscious, like awake, like kind of talking, but not at the same time. Um, so one of my sons and I kind of basically have to like haul him to the car and like put him in the car and I take him to the emergency room, of course, because I still had COVID at this point, was still positive. I couldn't go in. So I had to just ask somebody to come, put him in a wheelchair, take him out, find out later, like much later that at the time he arrived, he was already septic. And there were just a lot of issues that happened very quickly. So he was in the hospital for a total of 11 days before he passed away. And that oh was God, December of 2020. You started this so, portion of the story and I was like, do not tell me this ends with another. Yeah. 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 So here we are like, okay, this is December of 2020. And I'm like, I don't even know what to do. Like, I don't know. I'm not really sure what to do, but I had known before he even passed away that like there were things they were telling me if he does come out, he's going to be six, 12 months of recovery because of how bad he was while he was in there. They're like, if he pulls through it, it's going to be a really long road. So I was already kind of setting things up at home. Like one of my sons um, had not yet got his driver's license, but he was old enough to, but because of COVID, you know, it was, we just didn't. There was like, what's the need? Where you're just like, I just wanted to be a mom. Like I just wanted to be a good mom. All of it. (laughs) Like the whole time. That's all I wanted to do. Um, But so we did. So we just kind of like, we stepped right in. And then in January, it was about a month after he had passed away. I was like, I'm taking, um, a a trip down to Florida by myself. Um, I had a friend who had it, had like a, he has a guest house down there, or it's kind of like their, um, their second house that they use for tailgating during football season and this kind of thing. So it was sitting empty. He was like, he and his wife were both just like, just go, just have the weekend to yourself. So I did. And I was sitting at a restaurant in Gainesville, Florida. First time I'd ever gone out to eat at a restaurant by myself. And I'm sitting there and then I go out to the patio where there's like a bar and some tables and I'm sitting there. And I remember thinking to myself, there've been a lot of emotions. I was working through like all the emotions, like just all of the grief, all the sadness, all of the, like the anger, the, all of this. And then it hit me like the biggest emotion that I felt that I was scared to say out loud was relief. Like the marriage had gotten to a place where it was only good if you were on the outside looking in. And it wasn't even just about the marriage. It was about 
his perception of how the world should be and how the kids should be had become so toxic. It had become so controlling. If you didn't do things his way, it was, there were big time consequences. And there had already been these, um, these divides that were being put in between each kid, like as they would graduate and move out to where like, I knew, like, I, I knew, like, if things had continued on, then, like, once the kids left, they would never want to come back home. Like, it was just miserable. And oh, so as I'm sitting it's like there. so opposite of what you ever wanted. You right. Know? Yeah. It is. It's the exact opposite. And so that's why I'm, like, sitting there, and I'm, like, well, how do, like, I feel relief. Like, that I didn't expect that. Like, you know, you go through the funeral, there is this sadness. I don't care. Like you're living with somebody and you're building a life with them for three years. I mean, for 13 years, excuse me. And, um, you, I mean, it doesn't matter how good or bad it is. There's a loss there. There's a big loss. And so, but then I'm like, I I feel so relieved. And I'm like, why, like, why do I feel relieved? And so I was, I was scared. Like, I didn't say that out loud to anybody for months. I mean, a long time. Like, that was just like, I've just got to figure, like, process this. Because I'm like, how do I, I felt compelled to play the part of the widow. I felt compelled that I, I had to be the grieving widow. Here, my kids were, like, just at a loss because, you know, they lost their dad. So they're in deep grief themselves. So we just started working through it. And I will say it's been, it's been two and a half years. And, um, they have all worked through things on their own at their own time. But I will say that I believe it had nothing to do with me verbally saying it to any of them, but they all feel like I won't speak for all of them. I will speak for a few of them that I know who, you know, we've talked about it. Like things are just better now. Things are just better now. There's a loss there. There will always be a void there, but but we've learned how to live better because of it. It's, it's so not what you would think. It's so the exact opposite of what you would expect. <clears throat> but in, in the early parts of 2021, I had a friend that had lost her husband um, a couple of years previously. And she sent me to a podcast that was specifically for widowed moms and they had a Facebook group. And so I joined that and um, she happened to be a life coach that just wanted to help widowed moms learn to love their life again. And I jumped right in. I was like, this is the biggest investment I've ever made in myself. It was like seven grand. I was like, I don't even care. Like, this is what I want. Like, I know that I do not want to play the widowed, miserable person for the rest of my life. Like, they're so there's so much more. And so that's what I did. I joined the, I joined the coaching group and it changed my life forever. And so now I say 2021 is if you look at life in ter- or the whole world in terms of like BC and AD, you know, you've got like our yeah. calendar now. Yeah. So 2021 was my year zero. That's when I got to start over. And, and that's exactly what I've done ever since. So the journey to become a coach, um, I feel literally started in 2021 and, um, I didn't know it at first. At first I thought, Oh, I'm going to just, I don't know, maybe it'll be something nonprofit. Maybe it'll be something this, I don't know, but I'm going to help other women. Like that's 
somehow. And so I started blogging and started blogging about my story and things that I'd been through. And um, that was very therapeutic for me. And I also like had so many people reach out to me that like, they were very touched by it. And so, and then it kind of got to the point where like I was doing that. And then there was like a long break just because life, life happens, you know, sometimes. And, and I wasn't doing it for any form of like business or income or anything like that. It was just, at first it was literally just therapeutic for me and I was just putting it out there. And, um, so then I started, I would, I would do a few just kind of randomly. And I ended up, um, applying to a master's program to become a marriage and family therapist. And I did one semester of that and thought, this is great, but this isn't what I want to do. Like I ended up taking a semester break because what I didn't tell you is in the midst of 2021, I, um, I ended up meeting somebody that has like changed, like changed my view of love forever. Like, um, he's literally the, the kindest human I could ever, I could ever meet. Um, and we got married in April of this year and our kids, he has one daughter and then my five, they were all, they were our entire wedding party. And it was the most beautiful day I've ever had in my whole life. <laughs> and um, anyway, so he, he's extremely supportive. So in the time of having this break from the, the therapy program, I decided, um, what, what else can I do? Maybe there's another way I can do this. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like life coaching is exactly like I've done the therapy. Like I, I, and I still do, like, I still have a therapist that I go to and talk to and I've done the coaching, but I don't want to sit in the heaviness with people day in and day out. There's a, there's a special place for that. And there's a big need for that. Yeah. But what I want to fill myself up with every day is the, how do we go from here to the next place? Like, how do we, how do we look forward? Like, work with your therapist, look backwards, do the healing work because it's very important, but let me help you go forward now because now we're going to make life happy because we get to, we get to choose if we want to be happy or not. And it literally starts with our thoughts. And I'm, that's where, that's what I'm excited about. So that's what my podcast is going to be about. Um, when I, when I get there, I'm super excited. It's literally going to be talking about the ins and outs of everyday life as a mom whether it's your relationship side of being a mom, your work life of being a mom, or actually just like getting the kids out the door for school in the morning or whatever. Um, and now I have kids that are married or one is married, one's getting married in October. And so how to, how to transition from like parenting as like instructional to parenting as, Hey, let's, let's be friends and let's talk through life together from here. Um, okay. Here's my and- question. Yeah, yeah. How how much of your podcast are you planning to talk about the kind of the inner workings of the marriage that was look good from the outside and not good on the inside? And I ask because I think this is, I think so many women are in marriages like that. I think it's huge. And you probably know, like from your mm-hmm. guest the responses you've gotten you didn't even mention this but I'm guessing you've gotten responses from your blog or people were probably like 
pain. Yes. Or maybe they didn't want to say it. You know, it's really hard right. if they're in that to, to admit something like that. Mm-hmm. I know I know two 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 people who are the gushiest women on Facebook, Instagram about their husbands. Just mm. this man is amazing. And it's two women who I happen to know the inner workings of their marriage mm. and they're dreadful. And it's mm. almost like and and they talk about their husbands more than any of my other friends, like in just the most positive, loving light. And I'm mm. like, is your husband gonna get mad at you if you don't do this? Are you like, right? You right. know, are are you just trying to like go along with them all, but trying to just keep it all up? Like, and I know that it's miserable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've definitely seen that. I've seen, I've had people reach out to me. Yes. And I've also seen the same thing. I mean, why? I guess that's, I don't, I don't understand why we feel the need as humans to paint a picture of something that's pretty when it's not. Um, Yeah. Except for just maybe it's some for some form of self-preservation because we're not ready to change it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, and I feel like, yeah, I feel like in the midst of, of all of your mom stuff, which I think is so beautiful that you're like, I have this time now to like, I'm raising someone we're out of the house. And like, I've got time to, to really like to lean into it in a different way you know mm-hmm. like you're not raising it but you still get to have this like I did this and it was messy and crazy about what I thought it was going to be and like now right and kind of give back in this other way and I and like yeah I, I'm sure with your blog and however much you decide to talk about the marriage and then just that relief like that sense of relief I feel like you you can offer so much permission to women to feel a lot of the feelings that they probably think they should feel yeah it's very it's very interesting that you bring that up because it is something that when I'm talking like one-on-one with somebody and we're having a conversation about it like I feel like I need to give people permission to feel what they feel or to acknowledge their feelings in that situation but I've been so scared to publicly give people that permission because maybe again, this is, and this is something I hadn't really thought about until right now, as we're actually talking through it. So this is like an aha moment as we're like in real time Um, that again, that whole upbringing of divorce is bad. Divorce is bad. Like it gets people so stuck. And so I guess, if I, I feel like if I give people permission that really isn't mine to give them, but like, just say, you know, if you're in a bad place, get out that I would be condoning something that I've, it's been drilled in me. It's bad, bad, bad. Why would you tell somebody they can get divorced? Like that's, that's terrible. And, but yet there's times when that's literally the best option. Yeah. Yeah. And I love like, and something that, that I really want to say based on what you said, yes, I understand where you're like, it's not mine to give them. But for those of us who have realized like what self-permission does, you're, you basically remind mm-hmm. them they can give themselves permission. 
That's very true. Yes. You know, yes. like I love, yeah, I love that. Just like you have, yeah. like I'll say it on my podcast. Like whenever I realize something, I haven't been giving myself permission. I'm just like, hi. And if anyone else needs permission, here's your permission. Mm. And it's just, it's something inside them that'll resonate. It's like, I, I, yeah, I feel like so much of your story, like so much of what people are going to be drawn to. I have a lot of friends. Um, I grew up in New Jersey, so there wasn't a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of religion, but then I moved to Tennessee when I started high school. Mm-hmm. And like over the years, I've met a lot of friends who grew up very similarly. Yes. Um, a lot of church culture, some like in purity culture, like um, mm-hmm. so many of them are like deconstructing or, or you know, right. left the church. And I feel like, like, I mean, between that and then having a baby at 18 in that culture, and then like, and then having the first house, and then with like the mental, you know, h- how unfortunate it was that he wasn't able to get help because of this. Like, there's so much in your story around mm. like, like permission and allowing and seeing. I think like, I just think all, yeah. like, all of it to me is just seems like mm. people would be really drawn into people that feel stuck in like any of the like you like it's not just one like you have like a myriad of situations that people could find themselves yeah and you're like I did all of it Mm. yeah we can talk about it here like if you don't feel safe in your community or whatever like Mm. you can hit play on this podcast Mm. until at which point you find a way out I love that oh my gosh yeah. I'm really, I'm really excited. I think like everybody before they ever hit record the first time, super nervous. Um, so, I mean, I am, but I really feel like this conversation here has kind of really helped put me at ease a little bit. And you always wonder like, how are people going to, how are people going to perceive me? Am I going to be that? Okay. And this is another thing diving into one of my husband's, um, like my second one, like he hated the sound of women's voices I- and I don't, I don't know why or where that came from, but like so often. So, I mean, and he would say that like over and over and over again. Like he didn't like listening to female singers. He didn't like anything, like anything. He didn't like female voices. And so I, I think that that, I mean, for 13 years, I heard that over and over again. Yeah. So I'm like, is my voice going to annoy people? Like when I'm on a podcast, are they going to turn it on and then turn it off because my voice is annoying? Like, so that's another, that's another little Okay, hesitation. Or maybe maybe this is one of the reasons a podcast is like put on your heart. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, you didn't like the sound of my voice. Watch me record it every single week. (laughs) That's like making me emotional. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Now, girl, there's Mm. so much in there. There's so much. getting my voice back it's amazing yes yes. (laughs) it is Mm, it feels so good it feels so good and I will say like I do want to say like not all men are like that like I literally like not to be that one on Facebook that's like (laughs) painting this crazy picture of somebody but like my husband now is so supportive he's so laid back and like there is not a person that I have ever spoken to that's known him and he's grown up like right around here his entire life he was born here raised here and he has 
all these different groups from the people he golfs with to the people he played football in college with that they're still buddies you know from his friends in high school and every single person will tell you he's he's just the most genuine kind human you'll ever meet and it is so true like you always kind of wonder you know if one person is just saying that because oh they're just trying to help a friend out you know when you when you first start dating somebody but every single group of people that we ever met that didn't even know each other that knew him like nobody has ever had a negative word to say about him and that says a lot that says a lot for somebody's character that you can know somebody from the time they're two until they're 45 and you you can't find an ill thing to say about them um I'm very I'm very fortunate I feel very lucky um that despite all of the negatives in my life like when I decided to make my life positive I I was given like the most positive person in the world to like be my support person it just feels so yeah it just feels I feel like I don't deserve it but at the same time like he reminds me all the time like we both went through we both went through a lot of shit and we we deserve each other. Like we've, yeah. we've worked hard to get where we are and, and we deserve each other. And it's amazing. It's a great feeling. There is happiness if you look for it. Like there really is. There really truly is. And yeah. Do you have a name yeah. of your podcast? Um, a Cup of Happy, which I got inspired from literally this cup that I got for Mother's Day. <laughs> And so I was like, oh my, oh my gosh. gosh, that's like perfect. So yeah, so it's going to be a couple okay, of happy. So, do you have, wait, you said you have your podcast art. Does your podcast art include a photo of you drinking from that mug? So originally it did not. Like I put that out there, but now, like I literally just today was like, before we recorded this, I was like trying to take some pictures of me holding this because that's what I wanted to do. Like that was kind of, I sent the artwork to my brother too. And he was like, well, I like this one. Cause I had one that just had the cup in it. And then I had some that just had me. He's like, why don't like, it would be perfect if you could blend them both together and have you with the cup. So that's what I'm working on. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm already like seeing stuff like in your, and this is just me, this is my brain. I'm like, oh my gosh, in a cup of happy, we offer a cup of permission, a cup of understanding, a cup oh of gosh. like, yes. This, like, oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, I love like, that. Oh my gosh. Now you have my brain going. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what goes into a cup of happy, right? Like, right, right. That's all these like things that have come out of your yeah. story. Like, it's a recipe. Yeah. Or like little shots of things because like when you like add to your coffee, like you could have a shot of espresso or a little shot of cream. You could have a shot of permission and a shot of, you know, whatever. Yeah. Oh, yes. I love it. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I, love even that. Be, I mean, and you could even have like, like you could even have like grief as a, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you gotta go through that to find the joy on the other end. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, you know, that everybody, you know, you've heard it say before you'd, you wouldn't really know happy if you haven't experienced sad. Like you, you only know that happy exists because you've experienced sad and vice versa. You can only ever feel sad because you've been happy and you know that it's the exact opposite. So you're right. Like it's in, in order to um, ex- fully experience happiness, you have to have experienced some sort of sadness or grief or loss or something. Yeah, it's like that whole light-dark thing, right? Like, you can't see light if there aren't shadows. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. 
I'm so glad I just back to what you said. I'm so glad that the podcast or that you know us just chatting and you know for a podcast is has made you like okay I feel a little bit better. That was part of the reason that I wanted to do this was to mm. be like because when you're like I'm gonna start a podcast, there's no one in practice. It's like you start a podcast or you don't start a podcast. Right. And you're like, so right. Right. And it's like, how many yeah. people are like, here's a place to like play for a site. Like here's a place to like be on a podcast. If you've never been on a podcast and like, just talk about your idea, like practice. And so I was like, I hope that's one of the things that I'm able to do is to just be like, okay, I practiced, it's my voice. I told my story. Like, yeah, I, I love that. <laughs> I, I appreciate this so much. Like, you can, and I've been so excited since the very first time that I saw the message pop up and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to DM her. I'm going to do it. And then I was like, Ooh, I'm just excited. No, I was like, I was at first like, am I going to be, no, I'm just excited. And of course there's a little bit of nerves, but more excitement than anything. So thank you. Thank you. Because I, I've had a lot of fun and I'm, yeah, I'm excited and I appreciate you bringing us on here. And yeah. Nicole, I am so, I'm so grateful for you on so many levels. Like one, I'm just grateful. And I, I said to Sonia too, like, I'm just grateful that you just trusted some random person in a Facebook group. <laughs> like, like that's huge to me. Um, and just like, just for showing up with your story just here and just being like, just being willing to share all of your stuff and give it back to other people. Like it's mm. huge. And I think so many times, I think, I think ultimately the reason that we start podcasts is because we want our story to matter. Mm. We want yes. our, our heartache and our hardship to mean something beyond just us. Mm. And I think, I think your story and the way that you show up and your presence, and I can see a lot of just joy and light in you all. Mm. And touch mm. Thank you. And you listen so beautifully. Like that is such a big part of like allowing somebody to tell their story is just being willing to listen. And you did that. And thank you so much. <laughs> I really appreciate it. So I think you, I think you answered, I know you have to go. I think you answered the other ones. You are, you kind of mentioned, um, you mentioned your software, you just mentioned your mic, you, uh, you talked about like kind of your vision. Um, you have two minutes. Okay. In the last two minutes, even though, even okay. though we clearly kind of wrapped up, even though, even though yeah. we had a lot of wrap up conversation. Two yeah. Minutes. Okay. When do you think you might start and what, what's holding you back? In two minutes. Um, okay. In two minutes. Um, I, I'm thinking that I want to start um, in the next month or two. I don't have an exact date. Um, what's holding me back? Um, honestly, the tech part of this, I struggle with a little bit. My husband is super tech savvy. Like that's his, Great. like, that's his business. Like that's like his life. He's so good at it. Um, and this is going to sound funny. So I was just thinking about the podcast and like the intro. I'm like, Oh my gosh, podcasts have like music at the intro. I never even thought of that. And so I'm like, Oh, okay. But literally I feel like in the next week or two, I'll hit record and actually record something. And then, um, within the month, within a month or two, I want to just start putting them out there. Okay. So you can get, you can get podcasts, custom podcast music on Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R. -R. Okay. It costs me like F-I-V-E-R-R. -R. 
just it's all it's all different freelancers from around the world. You pay like you can pay like fifty bucks or less for you. Okay, it's great. Um, okay, okay. Now in the last minute, ready? So yeah. I want to I want to um, I would love for you to come back on in like six months. So whatever, good. Okay, so yeah, what would be your vision for six months from now? Six months from now, um, I want to have an established like weekly podcast. Um, and also let's see how long is six months. Um, let's see, we're in August. Okay. February. Oh, so I will also be in the middle of my first, um, group of paid coaching clients. Um, and yeah, that's where I want to be. I want to be right there. Like I want to have a weekly podcast and I will have, I will officially be a certified coach at that point with, with my business going. And, um, that's, that's where I plan to be in six months. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I missed that part. I'm sorry. Oh, I said, I know you've got to get to work. So I'm going to let I you do. go. I do. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Ooh. Wasn't her story just wild? I am so looking forward to what she does with her podcast and catching up with her in six months. Hopefully you made it all the way through and my audio did not distract uh, or detract. Is that the same thing? Uh, From her incredible story. I hope that you are still here and, uh, you know, leave a review, say hi on Instagram, and as always, create beautifully.